0: Live ACU from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network.
1: So, are you a new business that's just getting started, or are you thinking about going into business and you're asking yourself, do I need a corporation? Do I need an LLC? Do I need a UBC or a TLC? No, wait a second. (laughs) That's a band. Never mind. Uh, So, this is what we're going to be talking about today. is do i need a corporation and do i need an attorney to actually set that up lucky for you guys through the glass ceiling has a resident legal expert on staff with us today and i'm we are going to be picking her brain so we're actually going to kick off with a couple of self-introductions for season two uh and i'm going to start with our legal expert Oh, hi. I like
2: that. You can call me a legal expert if you want to, but um, I'm Emily Crone. I'm an attorney here in the area at Greerhurst & Adams.
1: And coming to us live from Austin, we have...
0: I am Janet Cohn, and I'm an account executive at a large food distribution facility.
1: Awesome, and my name is Brittany Green. I am the owner and coach at Advantage Business Coach, and this topic actually came up in a coaching session I had about three weeks ago. Um, so I'm going to kind of set the stage for Emily, and um, then I have some questions. And Jana, I'm going to ask you to see if you ever get asked these kind of questions, even though you're the their account executive. I find that across the board uh, that customers will sometimes ask their account people certain questions that you know about legal issues or or any kind of business issue that might not actually fall under your purview. So three weeks ago, I'm talking to a business that has three different partners, okay? And they've come together to start a business out of their home, and so they asked me, do I need an LLC or a corporation? So what is the difference between those two things?
2: So the difference between an LLC and a corporation, there are quite a few differences. But to start with similarities, let's start there. So they're both very formal. In the scheme of formality, they're pretty formal business structures. You have to file something with the Secretary of State of Texas. Um, You go get a separate tax ID number. Um, What you're filing with the Secretary of State is called a certificate of formation and it puts them on notice that this business has been created. They both offer limitations of liability for owners. So owners are not necessarily liable for the actions of the business. If it's um, a corporation, they're shareholders. If it's an LLC, they're members. So those are the owner's names, members and shareholders. Um, One of the biggest differences between a membership, or um, I'm sorry, an LLC and a corporation is that there's another layer, um, especially a tax layer when it comes to corporations. So corporations are taxed individually, um, and then when shareholders get dividends, they're taxed as well. Corporations are pretty formal. Um, LLCs are very flexible. Um, for taxation purposes, you can have pass. And I'm not a tax lawyer. And frankly, I'm- this is not even really legal advice either. This is stuff you can find online too. But um, The You can actually have pass-through taxation with an LLC. So the LLC is not taxed at all, whereas a corporation is taxed on its own. I think for a small business with three people, um, are they all putting in sweat equity and money? Yes. Yeah, for a business like that, I would definitely do an LLC. Um, I think that's the way to go. They could um, do a general partnership, which is very informal, um, but an LLC provides more limitation of liability. There's an extra layer between the business's actions and the owners. So even though I'm working in the business, if the business gets sued, I'm not necessarily gonna be sued personally. So that's one reason. And LLCs are probably the most preferred form of a formal business um, structure in Texas and probably across the country right now. LLCs are more favored. Now
0: if they're- a question? Yeah. I'm real fast on the LLC. So I have some other attorney friends and they have the PLLC mm-hmm. after their firm name or whatever. What's the difference between a PLLC and just a LLC?
2: A PLLC is reserved for professional uh and it's usually it's usually doctors, uh lawyers, accountants, um so it's like that professional sort of designation. Okay. That's all that is. Okay. But you still have the the limitation of liability um that comes with it it's just does it. it's really more um carrying on in the public's idea so i'm a plc which means i'm a professional so they can hold me to that standard sort of thing it's putting the public on notice
1: that they've actually filed their pap- paperwork and there is all that now you can file an llc or corporation paperwork either one with just one member or shareholder yes
2: mm-hmm. you can have a single owner Uh, So in a corporation you have your shareholders who are the owners, right? They aren't involved typically in the day-to-day operations of a corporation. Think like Apple, right? Just because I own Apple stock doesn't mean I do, anybody's gonna gonna listen to me when I say like, I hate the new iPhone. Like, they don't care what I say because they have officers and they have directors who are running the show. Uh, with With a closely held, it's called a closely held corporation where it's like one or it's a family ownership and they're also working in the business. Um, you'll obviously you'll, you'll have the role of an officer or an employer or something like that so you get that management in there Um, but you can just have one shareholder who's also the director and the president and CEO and secretary and orders the toilet paper and they do everything um, and LLC is the same thing you can have a, it's called a single member LLC um, and it's yours to own and operate and pass through those taxes at your own tax rate
1: and there you go okay so now for all of that paperwork that you said you had to file with the state and all that good stuff, does a, like, let's just say that I have a client, you know, this client that came to me that was asking about this, do they need to go have an attorney file all that paperwork for them?
2: I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot here when I say no, but it's true. Um, There are companies out there, especially like located in Austin, who are office like right across the street from the Secretary of State's office, so, they're very familiar with what forms, what fees, um, how to do it. You or I, any individual, could file the paperwork, pay the fees, figure it out. It's kind of a hassle. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a, it's a pretty non complicated, uncomplicated situation where it's a single member LLC or something like that, um, you probably couldn't mess it up too bad. But just to make sure that you get it done right, I would always recommend at least going with a company that. Files things with the Secretary of State There's like CT Corporation is a big one Capital Services in Austin does it there's a few others um, or talk to an attorney and an ad- attorney could give you probably a flat rate to do it, but you don't have to have one.
1: So as someone who has done it both ways of having an attorney file the paperwork and using one of the services online, my recommendation is go have an attorney file yeah. it for you because I got to go round and round with the service of, Oh, well that name's not available. You have to do this. And then what should have only taken a few days took three weeks.
2: Yeah. If you're setting up a formal entity, you always have to check and make sure the name is available or it's not um there's a phrase for it that they look for but um something like it's it guides you the wrong way because it's uh, it's too much like another business's name. So mm-hmm. they look out for that for sure.
1: So if I file as a LLC, can I upgrade to a corporation? So I'm starting off with a family business. It took off. It's so awesome. You hoo whatever. You're going to sell it publicly. Yes. Can yeah. can you upgrade to a corporation at that point?
2: I like how you call it an upgrade because it's not really an upgrade, but it does seem like it would be an upgrade. But um, yeah, you can change any form of any business. Um, you just file amendment paperwork and you kind of document it non-publicly right because it's not something you have to necessarily file with the secretary of state but you know all the membership transfers and trans like conversions into stock and things like that you can absolutely do that you don't have to close the business and then open a corporation it can become a corporation
1: it just makes that that transition yeah or upgrade an upgrade. See, I have to find ways to explain to this to people that, you know, it's easy to understand because while well, you and I know that, okay, it's just more of a, just a fluid different. thing. Yeah. It, it actually sounds a little bit different. So,
0: yeah. well, so, and I want to chime in there too with when I'm talking with companies that are setting up for credit applications, right? Mm-hmm. We have to know, are they a LLC? Are they a corporation? Who are the people that can sign those types of forms on credit applications? So, you know, making sure that the simpler or to know who who needs to sign what those are huge huge deals that waste time on our end of setting up accounts because and also too, you have to follow it under the right name for what the state has you registered as mm-hmm. because you can't you know they'll kick back applications for you know credit if you don't have it listed the exact same way the exact same address so make sure that people who are filling out those forms know exactly what to put on there for credit apps in the future
2: having represented lenders before like that's something we look at in the due diligence phase is like do my loan documents or does the application for the loan exactly match the entity documents for that company and also authorization and power to enter into transactions that's huge because Mm -hmm. it has to be you know i will say this too as a tip kind of thing to small businesses is if you're an llc you don't have to have a written company agreement. Um, it doesn't have to be. If, if it's not written, it'll go by the rules, the laws of the state of Texas. Um, it's recommended as long as it's a pretty good one. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's got to cover, you know, the base, the base stuff. Um, but... Those documents will designate who has the authority to enter into those transactions. So, um, you know, with an LLC, you'll designate a manager usually, or maybe it's member managed and the members can enter into these transactions with corporations. It'll be, well, who's named as your president and do they have authority to take out loans or, or whatever it may be, so.
1: Well, and oftentimes, and we actually operate this way, is that, okay, we have an LLC, but we have a DBA that we operate under. So, like, Janet, as you're working with people, you know, they may think when they write down on their credit application, they're using the the DBA name, not the actual LLC or corporation paperwork, and if that doesn't match, like, if the corporation's the one filing for the the credit, that's the name that they would have to list.
2: yeah. And it would have to yeah. say DBA X or whatever. Yeah, that whatever DBA. the name is. Yeah, and DBA. And I'll be
0: really honest in that area too, with um, even with my job application. So I worked for a franchise before, and I listed you know the kind of corporate name, and whenever they did my background check they had me listed under my DBA name as my employer. So that was a delay in my hiring paperwork because I did not list my DBA name. I listed the formal company name. So um, that's huge in life.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think DBAs too, it's, a, it's another little topic to touch on too because there's, everybody can have a DBA. Every entity can have a DBA. You go file an assumed name certificate. It gets recorded in the county where you do business. Um, but most often what you'll probably see too, Brittany, is where individuals don't have an LLC or a corporation. They're just making money and expensing things, you know, Mm -hmm. they're a sole proprietorship. So it's just them. And typically they will be operating under some name, doing business as, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm Emily Crone doing business as Emily's cookies and cakes. I don't know. Her mom's cookies That would be amazing. my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Never. That would not be me. That would be my mom. But... Um, and so sometimes people will go get an assumed name certificate for a sole proprietorship as well. Um, it's not... It, it doesn't mean that it's any more formal and there's definitely not any layers of protection when it comes to assumed names. So, um, that's why they make you recorded in all the counties.
1: We run into it all day long. I actually did a valuation for someone last year. Her brother was a, um, hairstylist and he passed away. She inherited his business. Well, when she inherited it, it- the company was him. He was just doing, he filed all of his taxes as a sole proprietor under his social security name. He didn't even have
2: a, a separate Texas tax ID number.
1: Yeah. EID, EIN number. So, you know, kids listening, if you're getting into business, go file an EIN number. Do not file under your social security number. It is so ridiculously simple to go get it. Just save yourself because it's also a a uh, identity protection for you as well. Um, so you want to know why? Why you know there's so much identity theft in the world, it's because people are using their social security numbers in business, but anyway, it's (laughs) high rate. Um, So all too often we see that. So it's so easy just to go file for an EIN number and file a DBA if you're a sole proprietor. Mm -hmm. Or I think the state of Texas may be the most expensive state to file LLC paperwork, or it's one of the more expensive. I think it's it's like like $250 or something. To file your
2: initial documents, it's actually more than $300. Okay, It might be like 350.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is 350. It's been a couple of days since Mm -hmm. I've looked at the information on it. Um, So, you know, if you're serious about getting into business, this is something that you would want to... To explore Um, you know for our client what we ended up recommending was that they go file the EIN number that they go and get a business bank account and that they file LLC paperwork since they had three people it's just the easiest way for them to be able to operate in business
2: yeah if you have more than one person I would always recommend setting up some sort of formal entity by a filing and having a governing document that's written um, like a company agreement for an LLC or bylaws for a corporation, because then you'll be able, if ever there's a problem, and I know when people get into business, they think like, this is going to be great. We're not going to have any problems. It's going to be fine. Well, the reason lawyers are, exist is because it's not always fine. And <laughs> so the best way to do that is to protect yourself from the beginning when everything's great and you can agree to stuff, put it in writing. So that way, when things maybe get sour in the future, you can rely on that. And for that, I would say talk to an attorney. Absolutely. And your CPA.
1: Because I've seen a mother sue her her daughter in business.
2: Yeah. Um, Having a good CPA is like a key, especially if you're setting up a new business. And having your CPA and an an attorney who work well together, it's a big deal. That's very valuable um, to all of us.
1: Yeah, we recommend for to have four people in your corner is that you want to have a good attorney, you want to have a good CPA, you want to have a good financial advisor, and selfishly a good a business coach. business coach. I knew you were going to say <laughs> selfishly. I'm going to say if you have th- those four pillars in your corner, you're you're doing pretty good. So, Janet, how often do you run into this where you know you have clients that are asking you like for like this kind of advice? I'm just curious, like just because i I see all too often like where customers go to salespeople because they think they have all the answers
0: right. Um, you know, I can't say I get tons of of questions on actually forming a business. Most of the time, I'm talking to businesses that are already established. Um, but you do see people that leave businesses, and you're right. you know, making sure that you have all your, you know all the people have that legal form in there knowing you know knowing if you're going to be involved in a business my suggestion is know everything about the business don't be hands-off you know don't say oh well I'm gonna let this business owner manage this part of the business because you know we would come into you know oh they want to they want to do something but again you're entering into a legal agreement with my company now you know who legally from your company can manage that or this person signed on your behalf is that really you know something that you wanted them to sign on I didn't approve this I didn't agree to that you know so making sure that you have all that information is is critical and um, just as a shout out too, we have a leadership team member that I know does some legal stuff with LLC's and putting that stuff in together so if you want to talk to someone about LLC filing that paperwork. I know there's someone in Clear Lake that would probably love to chat with them.
2: Yeah, Jason's a great resource if that's who you're talking about.
1: He is. He and I have sat down and chatted before. I could help you with it too, but (laughs) (laughs) since we since we do have a legal expert on staff here, I just love the legal expert designation. I'll take that all day, er, day. Your your new official title. Well, with that, thank you so much for letting me pick your both of your brains when it comes to I run into client issues every day, all day. So it's nice to be able to chat with my ladies to get answers from other perspectives. So uh, thank you for listening to Through the Glass Ceiling, a lot coming to you live from Clay Lake Today Radio in Kima, Texas. You have been listening to season two and we will catch you guys next time.